the Orion Open Science Podcast. I'm Zoe Abram. I'm Emma Harris. And I'm Luisa Bengtsson. And we're broadcasting to you from Berlin, Germany. And that's the last time I'm going to say that because, very sadly, I am leaving the Orion Project, which makes the Orion Open Science Podcast. And um, this is my last episode. So what we decided to do is that my old boss interviewed my new boss. <laughs> um, so we're going to, we're actually, I'm the, I'm the subject of the interview as well. And we're going to find out all about the project that I'm going to. Yeah. So Emma, thank you very much for the 46 episodes, huh? Something like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was it was great. And I'm sure you're going to miss doing the podcasting. Doing I the think I will. Actually. Five times. <laughs> no, it, I, I will miss it, I think. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's it can, it, when you do them back to back, it gets a little bit stressful. But no, I, I will miss it. It's um, It's been so much fun to talk to so many different people from different um, areas of open science and with different knowledge groups. Uh, and um, good luck with your new project. I'm sure it will be great. And uh, what it is exactly, uh, we'll now hear from Kasten Helbisch and Emma Harris. My name is Kerstin Helbig and I work at Humboldt University in Berlin um, and um, I'm a research data management coordinator at the university. So I help researchers with uh, their research data and how to manage it, um, how to plan research data management. Uh, I have a background in social sciences. Um, I also uh, worked um, at a data archive for social sciences um, um, for a bit of time, and um, yeah, that's how I came into this, um, uh, yeah, in this field. This episode is a bit of a sad goodbye to Emma because we're losing Emma to to your project. So, Emma, would you like to introduce yourself this time as a interviewee? Okay, so yeah, I'm Emma Harris. Um, I currently, for the next five days work for the Orion Open Science Project as uh, as part of the uh, communications department in the Max Delbruck Center. And then as of next month, I will work as a research data manager person on the FD Next project for Humboldt University with Kirsten. Um, and my background is actually in the humanities, but I've been doing uh, research project management and uh, open science and RRI type things for some years now. So um, it's kind of my, as I said to a friend, uh, research project management is kind of my bread and butter, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Kirsten, can you tell us a bit uh, about the project? So um, the FD Next, what is this? Yeah, sure. Um, FD Next is a collaborative project. It uh, is funded by the German Research Foundation for three years. The project um, actually started uh, this month, in November 2020. Uh, we have six cooperation partners, um, uh, six universities from Berlin and from Brandenburg. And uh, the project is uh, coordinated uh, by the Humboldt University. So this is also where Emma comes in and she will do the coordinating. 
Yes, I will. <laughs> so, uh, so you will help researchers at the six universities, right, to um, to do better research data management. Um, what's your action plan? Yeah, we have um, different um, areas of work. Um, we have um, seven uh, working work packages. And um, all these uh, work packages have different um, aims. So um, one um, is about uh, research data um, strategies for uh, departments, uh, for, so for just uh, different um, disciplines. Um, how to yeah, actually uh, create a strategy for your own department, um, uh, what is necessary for the researchers, um, uh, yeah, we want to create a, a, or compile a portfolio um, of um, suitable services, for example, and um, yeah, help researchers um, with a, a method kit that is, um, of course, also reusable and open access. This is a th something that's uh, very important for the project, that everything that we produce is um, also open for others to reuse and um, is this what uh, what we usually talk about as data stewardship? Is this uh, is this about being data steward in a way? Um, yeah, it's a, a bit about this also. So uh, what we will produce um, the methods and and all the yeah all, all what what the project will create uh, will also help data stewards. Um, in the departments or at the universities. So um, if there is uh, already a um, data steward um, at the department or at the university, then they can uh, reuse um, this material and um, hopefully it will be helpful. Uh, Zoe, uh, Humboldt University is your alma mater. Um, I mean, I, I kind of have the impression it's really huge. I don't know how many students are there, but... Uh, how many people are we talking about, uh, like, in total? I mean, are you just talking about with the researchers, also with the students? So it depends a bit on the um, work package that we are looking at, but um, main focus are researchers. Um, of course, they will also teach their students um, in research data management. Um, we hope that um, this will also be a result of the project. But um, it's not the main focus. So the focus is uh, researchers of uh, the six universities. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand how this concretely works. So you have the FDNext project. Um, and I'm wondering how right now research um, data management is coordinated within each university. Because see, we have a lot of different faculties. And for example, in the faculty that I studied at, our data was basically, I mean, okay, I'm not a researcher, I was a student, so our data was just on our computer and we did what we wanted with it and I didn't know of any kind of place that I could go to and ask what to do with my data. So I'm wondering how established already um, research data management is within, for example, the Humboldt University? Um, there are at yeah, almost every uh, university in Germany, there are already uh, people that are assigned for research data management. So sometimes there's a, a so-called contact point, a central contact point with um, 
people who uh, will help researchers um, in questions regarding research data management. Um, but other universities are just um, creating these positions. And um, yeah, we also try to assist them um, with, with this project uh, to, um, for example, um, create uh, train-the-trainer material um, for discipline-specific um, aspects. Uh, this is also part of the project, and um, we hope that this will help um, uh, the training of, of uh, these people. So is also one of the work packages establishing the FDNext project that people perceive it as a contact point? Because I imagine that you first have to establish that people even know about you. Yes, of course. Um, this is also um, a task of em or a future task of Emma. So she, <laughs> uh, um, she will um, hopefully do a, a lot of networking um, at, at the universities and together, of course, uh, with the other project members. Uh, so uh, we have um, six um, project uh, um team members in FDNext um, together with also uh, the staff um, that's already there. So um, uh, with this big team, we will um, also do a lot of networking. We will do a lot of workshops uh, where we want uh, yeah, to, to make this service also visible to the researchers. I think also... Um from what I understand, um, part of what I'll be doing is is a is a survey to understand what um, is the sort of current situation with uh, universities in in Germany in terms of their research data management. So I guess in the very act of doing the survey, you make people aware of the project um, because you're asking them about research data management. So they're like, oh, there's this project who want to know about research data management are doing something about that. Um, so I guess that will act as a, a, a bit of a catalyst for um, raising awareness as well. Yes, of course. And um, also the, the train the trainer um, workshops that uh, we want to um, offer nationwide, they will also help um, to promote the project and uh, the topic um, of research data management. What is your general feeling? Um, is this something that's like very welcomed um, at all department levels and faculties, or have you already had some initial resistance? I mean, what's how? What's the climate of uh, research data management at the well, very typical German university, I would say, uh, which Humboldt University is. Um, of course, um, there are all kinds of reactions um, to research data management. So a lot of um, researchers um, are really um, thankful and um, like uh, to use the services that um, are already there um, so that um, they get help um, with their research data management and um, um, make use of, of the tools that are offered. Um, but, of course, um, there are also disciplines or researchers that um, are not so aware of research data management and um, of the services um, that they could use and um, maybe also have some um, negative um, opinions about this. So this is also something that um, yeah, needs to be addressed 
in the project. Can you give an example of negative opinion? I mean, what, what could be negative? Well, um, of course, research data management has a lot to do with the research itself. And um, the researchers sometimes feel like we are intruding so that um, uh, we want to tell them how they have to do something, um, how they should do their the research. And of course, this is not the case. We just want to assist them to do it um, uh, in a more um, sustainable way um, that the, the data itself um, is um, is kept uh, for longer term. I have another question. A few a few minutes ago, you talked about the services, the research data management services, and the tools. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Well, the um, big aspect in research data management services is um, giving advice, um, uh, helping uh, with uh, creating guidelines for researchers, like for example, um, how to best order um, their files, um, order their folders, how to name um, uh, files and folders, um, also um, to help them to find the best um, uh, location for uh, storage, um, something like that. And um, in the project, uh, we will um, yeah, uh, build on this um, already gained knowledge and um, try to give more um, discipline-specific advice um, because this is always something that we would like to, to um, establish, to give um, discipline-specific advice. But um, sometimes uh, we don't have knowledge or we don't have the time to go into so much detail. And so um, this is something that um, all research data management coordinators that are in Germany or somewhere else would like um, to, to offer. Um, and uh, this is also the case with uh, workshops and um, with uh, training in research data management. Of course, um, there's a lot, um, um, there are a lot of workshops and training offers um, in Germany uh, where you learn how to generally um, learn about research data management. But there are not so many offerings in discipline-specific workshops. So um, what actually this means for the discipline? Uh, so how should I um, describe my data properly for this discipline? And this um, differs a lot between the disciplines. Um, also, um, how they should um, document the data that um, a, a fellow researcher from um, from the discipline or also interdisciplinary can understand what they did. And um, another really, really important um, aspect um, for, for research data management um, services um, are legal advice. So um, uh, what we will um, um, research on is how to actually offer uh, a, a legal um uh, first level support. So um, how to actually address these legal questions in an easy um, manner. Uh, normally, um, if, you, uh, if a researcher has a legal question, uh, they have to wait uh, a long time until they get um, an answer. They um, have to uh, do all these um, administrative um, um, things that they have to um, ask their um, uh, 
uh, their boss uh, if it's possible to get an answer from the legal department. Um, uh, the legal departments at the universities have a lot um, to, to work on. Uh, so um, it's really difficult to, um, to offer something in this, um, in this legal um, advice uh, um, area. So um, this, this is something that um, I'm really looking forward to. And this will be also a big bonus for the researchers. Um, if this uh, really works and if we can uh, create a concept and um, a profile for this position, then um, we are really optimistic that um, this will help the researchers um, and, and give them uh, new opportunities to make their data open. Um, because this is the most, uh, the biggest barrier um, that uh, uh, there is for open data, that uh, you are not really sure, is it possible for me to share the data or not? I mean, this sounds really good. I think it's really, uh, it's time that the research data management became fashionable. It seems to, to be now, so that's good. <laughs> That's good, a good trend. Um, I was just wondering, um, since you are based at a university, well, most of people uh, kind of working there or spending their time are actually students. And I wonder whether there are some efforts in promoting data literacy in general in, in like with students before they become researchers. Yeah, that's um, that was. Um, um, this is, of course, also uh, an important um, point, and um, unfortunately, it's, it will not be a big part in our project. Um, but uh, there were also um, in the past projects that addressed um, already this point: um, how to uh, create training material or how to create. Um, a special uh, course uh, for students um, on research data management. So um, that's why we decided not to go so much into detail because there's already a lot going on there and there are some uh, projects that just started. Um, for example, from the Stifterverband in Germany, uh, they... Um, um, assist uh, in this uh, data literacy uh, projects and uh, funded some some of the projects. Mm -hmm. Well, ideally, I think uh, the data literacy should start in the kindergarten nowadays. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably <guess>. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma, you come from humanities and now you worked on a life sciences project for many years. <laughs> um, can you give an example of the specific difference between the disciplines? Ooh, um, well, I mean, well, the, the difference that comes up most often is actually in, in publishing um, because um, with open access, because in the, in the sciences, it's, it's journal articles are the priority. But in humanities, you're much more often expected to do book chapters and uh, full manuscript books, which is much obviously much harder to make open access. Um, so that's that's an immediate one. But in terms of data, um, I mean, as a humanities person, I was not told anything about data except that everything I produced, the university held the copyright. So that was the only thing I was ever told. Um, and I mean, I was doing a fairly um, 
you sort of um, content based thing. I wasn't interviewing people <coughs> uh, or, or collecting data in that way. Um, but I mean, I know people who were, and I, uh, I, in for instance, someone doing historical analysis and interviewing people doing kind of heritage um, preservation, and they they didn't get any any uh, help on it either. So it's 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 I think an absence. It's just an absence in in humanities of um, knowing that um, data management and open data are are something that's a priority. Now, I mean, we're talking some years ago now, and I'm hoping that it, it's probably changed um, at least a little bit. But um, I think humanities in general as a discipline have it far less on their radar as a concept that needs to be dealt with. Um, and whereas in life sciences, data is is something that is kind of part of your everyday research experience. So even if you're not aware of open data, even if you're not aware of open science, you're aware that data, um, need, something needs to happen with your data, that it, it, it is a big part of research. So I think there's a fundamental difference between just the awareness level in the disciplines, like baked into the disciplines. Um, and then from there, I think it, it kind of, there's a, a, an obvious follow through that, um, you know, humanities, um, I think maybe share their data less often. Um, but I don't have any, any statistics to back that up, I'm afraid. Um, just a general kind of anecdotal feeling on it. I don't know if, if Kirsten, you have any experience with that. Oh, I would um, definitely um, agree with you. So um, uh, in the humanities, there are um, a lot of um, resentments or the, the, the researchers sometimes believe they even don't have research data that, it's, uh, um, that is worth for storage and even for sharing. So um, there is still a lot of work to do um, to to yeah um, create this um, awareness for the researchers. So I'm still wondering in the university, as Emma was saying before, that the data belongs to the university. So let's say just for instance, I um, did a paper and I did interviews, and then I decide that I want to publish a paper, and I'm using quotations from the interviews, and I. I mean, if the data belongs to, the, I'm just wondering what the policy level is or where where there's been a shift from what Emma was saying that the data belongs to the university to I can make it open. Mm -hmm. um, this is um, an important point. And um, I think that a lot of um, um, research data policies already address um, this point uh, to make it more clear that the researchers actually the one who's responsible and should decide about this because um, in the university, um, of course, nobody will, will want to decide on this uh, apart maybe from the, from the um, department head or somebody um, from, from the department itself. But um, um, in general, um, the uh, uh, university president would have to decide about what is to publish and what not. And of course, she doesn't decide this for the Humboldt University uh, researchers. Um, so uh, we sh one of, and this is also one of the aims of the project to um, 
actually make it more clear what um, um, yeah, researchers can do with the data and um, how ownership is uh, regulated and um, yeah, to, to make it more easy to, um, to, to publish the data, of course, in a proper way uh, regarding GDPR, of course. Not Julia. <laughs> I mean, this is a super interesting question. I think it's more pressing in, um, in sciences indeed. Um, although, I mean, just thinking about uh, patenting commercialization, there's this push towards uh, commercializing um, the outputs of research. Mm. And of course, there there is a certain conflict between open data or disclosure, full disclosure and... Uh, you know, and uh, patentability. So, um, yes, yes, of course, uh, this is also a problem for a lot of technical universities. And um, I think that the new um, uh, DFG Codex, the uh, Codex, the Code of Conduct of the German Research Foundation, uh, will actually, um, uh, yeah, um, create some um, changes in, in these uh, regulations and policies um, because they really promote this um, open data, open science um, aspect. And um, I think that we will see some more changes. Um, and another aspect that I wanted to add is that a lot of researchers um, are now in the position that they have to think about research data management because the German Research Foundation um, started um, in Germany the um, Nationale Forschungsdateninfrastruktur, the National Research Data Infrastructure, um, is going to start. And this is um, a really big funded project um, um, for a lot of um, different disciplines. And um, yeah, the, the aim is uh, to create um, a better infrastructure for the disciplines for research data and research data management and of course also research data publication and um, so a lot of disciplines start talking about all the these concepts of um, open data open science and how they can actually react um, to to this um, NFDI um, consortium and um, so this is um, actually a perfect um, point in time for our project um, because we can um, we can offer a lot of um, materials and um, a lot of um, um, methods to this um, NFDI consortium that are generated in our project. It's, um, it's a, a good link to this um, federal project. Are there other projects like this in Germany? Um, there are um, also other projects, um, um, uh, smaller projects, um, bigger projects, um, of course, also in, uh, especially in uh, Europe. Um, there are a lot of um, activities um, regarding research data management, um, sometimes in combination with um, open science, uh, with FAIR. Uh, so, for example, FAIR is FAIR is uh, one bigger project that also um, aims at um, different aspects um, of uh, research data management, um, but also um, 
um, the uh, Go Fair initiative, which uh, wants to promote fair sharing of research data. And uh, they also have a, a German node um, that is active in Germany. I think it's also worth um, just saying that FD Next is a follow-on project from FD Mentor, um, which um, has, has kind of finished relatively recently. Um, and actually, uh, there is, there's a little bit of crossover already, apart from the fact, apart from me as the crossover, um, in that um, the train the trainer um, structure or, or, or guidelines that, that came out of that um we sent to our our train the trainer participants for orion um so if they wanted to focus on research data management specifically they could have some more detail on that um so yeah this is a kind of a it's it, all these eu projects and these national projects and stuff they do they do end up blending and, and mixing and sharing things which i think is is good it's nice yeah, I also think that um, a lot of projects work together on this. Um, so we have a lot of like, very good connections to other projects. And um, our aim is not to create something similar or um, as um, yeah, um, the same to other projects. But uh, we want to cooperate with the other projects and um really want to to find the links and how we can exchange experiences and um, methods and tools. So um, we are um, actively working with the Research uh, Data Alliance uh, together with different uh, in different um, working uh, groups and interest groups and um, also um, yeah German-wide um, um, initiatives to exchange this knowledge and um, yeah, to not um, duplicating methods or uh, materials. Mm -hmm. Emma, is there is, are there any uh, lessons learned from Orion project which you now know? Okay, this is how I'm gonna, you know, that's how I'm gonna do this now, right in the FD Next. Well, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I think. In general, I mean, Kirsten already said about making everything open. And I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in that as well. So everything that you produce, put it under a CC BY license and make it uh, available on, you know, a repository or a website or whatever, so that when the project ends, these projects are quite short, these EU projects and these national projects, they're short. Um, and really, you're only making a difference if you're producing things that can be used going forward. Uh, so that's to me is a big one, you know, building sustainability. Um, also, um, I think it's it's important to to and this is touching again on the negative reactions, perhaps, on having a lot of empathy for researchers and trying uh, to come from a place of of you know we're here to to help you make your lives easier, not to tell you that you're wrong and bad. And I mean that's something I have seen in other uh, approaches of, you know, um, basically, if you're not doing open science, you're not doing open data, you're just, you're doing things wrong, you're doing things badly. And I don't think that ultimately wins many, um, many people over. So I think approaching it as a, this is a tool that can make your life easier. Um, and then just, you know, good, 
and good, you know, a, a clear idea of what you're doing and where you're going with things is, is always, always good. Um, it's, um, it's nice to have, have that sort of, uh, vision of where you want to end up. So, you know, of the Orion project, we, we, we very much had this, this idea of, we wanted to produce the training and what that training would look like. And then we'd have train the trainer. And that was, that was quite clear. Um, so yeah. Um, I think having that through line of, of where you are and where you want to end up is, is, is helpful. One of the things I see as, as, as an issue is that not that there's a shortage anymore. Um, we touched on this of research data management projects. Um, but rather that there's a number of different, um, solutions. There's this. Um, so there's top-down stuff like the the data, inf- you know, national data in- infrastructure, EU European Commission policies, and then there's a lot of uh, kind of grassroots and and bottom-up initiatives. Um, you know, the kind of things uh, that we've we've covered in this podcast, um, where they're they're trying to help research like that. And I think. Perhaps one of the aims of this this project is is at least trying to bring those two together to a certain extent and find a, a kind of a middle ground where you're you're taking the best of both um, and making that them available and, and making researchers aware of those um, those initiatives rather than. Um, them kind of being spread out and, and, you know, some people have heard of this and some people have heard of that, but hopefully if there's a, a, a some, somewhat of a cataloging of these things, it might make it easier for researchers to, to benefit from these various research data management initiatives. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's a good sum up. <laughs> <laughs> But what I want to ask is like kind of a personal question. So I don't know if the listeners know this or not, but I wrote my master thesis in the Orion Project and I interviewed people for that. And I have 250 pages of transcribed interview material. And if I would like to publish something on that and I want to cite something from the interviews, am I legally allowed to or not? Well, the question is when you publish... What's your affiliation, right? Well, I wrote my master thesis at the Humboldt University, so the data belongs to the Humboldt University. So I guess I'm going to just have to contact FD next and ask about their legal system and get support there and know if I'm allowed to publish or not without, or if I have to ask someone if I have the right to publish that. But it also belongs to the Orion Project. Yeah, but it primarily, I believe, see, there we go into I believe primarily. Yeah. I turned it in at the university and I got a grade. And so basically, I mean, I guess that's a very good grade, by the way, for the listeners, very good grade. (laughs) Yes. So there, yeah. So that I, um, I'm, I'm going to ask them. (laughs) Yeah. No, but this is actually, I mean, this kind of projects are really good for this little, uh, little detail questions because, okay, the big picture is kind of clear. You need to manage your data somehow, right? I mean, you have to store it in the best way. I think the f- concept of FAIR is broadly 
known, um, at least most people have kind of heard of it somehow, maybe, at least. <laughs> but um, but really, when it comes to like these practicalities, right? Um, Okay, so what does it mean? Um, so usually um, I have some, like working life sciences, I would have like some blots, printouts, some diagrams in different tables. I would have, I don't know, some images from a microscope, I mean, all kinds of data like that. And back in the days, um, um, yeah, I'm a bit ancient. Uh, I just used to be like, just basically... Uh, just put in my lab book, like really physically put it in my lab book. But, and of course I would have it on all kinds of drives somewhere. But yeah, I mean, it, there's surely better way to manage data. So um, I think this, but yeah, I mean, how exactly, what do I actually do as a researcher, like on a daily basis? What's the best way to create a filing structure? What kind of folders? Where do I need? When? I mean, yeah. That's really questions, questions, questions that projects like this could answer. So that's good. Yeah. I think it, and the other <laughs> yeah. aspect of this podcast that we have to uh, discuss is, um, or that we would like to somehow say, Emma, it was a pleasure working with you and that we wish you all the best at the FD Next. And um, yeah, maybe when we have these kind of questions, we can pick up the phone and call you and ask you for them yeah exactly now we have a go-to person right so write in the comments please retweet this and write in the comments please the answers to our questions yes no but what i also find i know maybe it's kind of uh, socially not accepted to pat yourself on the on the back like that you know in public but seriously i think this uh, this project this orion project has done all of us involved in it really good not only like uh personally but professionally i mean it was extremely um developing enriching like, i've learned so much through this project and i'm so glad that emma did too and now is able to go on and continue in this kind of field and um and I still remember when I interviewed her um, back in 2017 and was like, oh, my God, how can I find actually a person that fits for this job that needs to know all these things and needs to be so versatile? And, you know, and uh, yeah, and Emma did very well and she has done this job really well. And uh, I'm just really glad that it's uh, that the journey continues for her in the open science world. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's my pat on my 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 shoulder kind of thing. Like, Yeah. <laughs> You asked Emma the question of um, what she thinks she's going to be taking from Orion into the FD Next project. And I was thinking about this thing of, you know, having to convince people or not really convince people, but to let them come to themselves the idea that open data and open science makes sense. And I think through the trainings that Emma and I and you did together, um, I think that we have like a lot of methods to help people figure it out themselves. And I can definitely see that working in a project like this and then going into, into another project, you, you bring all the little, the little tricks and skills with. So that's, um, it, I guess it makes sense once you start an open science that you go to the next project in open science. Okay. And this was also actually not only the last episode with Emma, but also the last episode of season two, because um, Christmas is coming. We're taking a break and we'll be back with you with season three in January. So thank you for listening in 2020 
and hope to hear you, see you soon, in, uh, see you again in January. This podcast has been brought to you by European Project Orion Open Science, and which is funded by the European Commission, and uh, the podcast is being produced at the Max Delbock Center of Molecular Medicine in Berlin. The sound editing is done by Paula Oliveira. The music is composed and produced by Fabio de Miguel. You can contact us on social media, uh, OOSP underscore OrionPod, or write us an email at orion at mdc-berlin.de. And if you have any topics, any open science topics that you would like to get covered, get in touch with us. Yes, please do. So, see you in January. Bye. Bye.